What is up? Brett McGrath, host of the 3C Podcast. It's Friday, and you know what that means. I'm bringing to you another conversation with a marketer that matters. We're not only talking about content. We are talking about building marketing teams. We're talking about aligning with your sales team. All the good stuff. You're not going to want to miss this one. I've got Natalie, the VP of Marketing at Chorus. I'm pumped to share this one with you. It was awesome. A lot of insights, a lot of nuggets. If you like what we're doing over here, hit that subscribe button. Leave us a review if you think I'm doing a good job. You can follow us at the juice underscore HQ on the Twitter. Definitely visit our website, thejuicehq.com. Sign up for our newsletter. You can do it on the website. You can do it in the link in the show notes, sending it to you every week. You're going to be the first to know and the first to participate in the unveiling of the juice coming soon. Without further ado, let's kick it to the conversation. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the 3C Podcast. I am really excited for today's conversation. I think there's going to be a lot to talk about. I'm here with Natalie, the VP of Marketing at Chorus. We had some an opportunity to chat before this conversation, and I think there's going to be a lot we're going to cover. We're going to talk about the relationship with sales, and we're going to talk about content, and we are certainly going to talk about starting a marketing team from being a team of one to building that team out to a team of several with functional leaders. But without further ado, Natalie, how are you? I'm great, Brett. Thanks for having me. Excited to have the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So one thing that stood out to me, I think when we last spoke was just like the attitude you have around sales and marketing alignment. And that's something that is near and dear to my heart. And is I've had a soft spot uh, of building and lever- leveraging that relationship from a marketing perspective for quite some time. So I want to definitely spend some time chatting about that. But maybe we start here. I think it's interesting your path at Chorus and just you being the first marketer at Chorus. Um, and I'd love to know just like why you why you jumped in and took the opportunity, and maybe some of uh, the learnings you had along the way, um, starting from a team of just yourself and and building it out. Yeah, well, um, I often like to refer to myself as a a marketer with a bias for sales, which will tie into the other conversation that you want to have. That comes from where I started my career. I was a marketer on a sales team out in the field calling on customers. And in my past, I actually had an opportunity to work for a company in its prime. It was called ClearSlide, which was actually the precursor to what is called sales engagement today. That was I actually went and built the sales engagement category, but it wasn't for the likes of Outreach and SalesLoft, it was for ClearSlide. And I found that while I was there, I was super excited to be able to work on a product that was helping sales teams better achieve their goals and make more money for the customer it's or for the company it's the it's the lifeblood of any company is how you are able to go and make money and and i felt like we were at the beginning stages of this idea of transforming the perception or the reputation of sales from you know the slick salesperson the you know used car salesman to you know this is a noble 
profession that relies on sellers bringing their best to help solve their customers' problems. And so when I had an opportunity to come to Chorus, it's the first time in my career I've actually returned to an industry type. I've always gone and to something new and learn new things. So I was excited to be able to do that. It was a little scary, if I'm being honest, to like come in to a Series A company where I knew that I was going to have to build the team from the ground up. But it's also an exciting challenge. And I'm always looking for an opportunity to learn new things. Yeah, I love that. And maybe to give some context, because I think it's important, maybe for anyone who doesn't know, talk about Chorus, what the product does and the audience that your product serves? Yeah. So Chorus is a leading conversation intelligence platform. We join calls uh, that are happening between sales, customer success, uh, BDRs, solutions engineers, and their customers. We record those calls and meetings, transcribe and analyze them, and then surface insights both to help sellers be their best in every interaction with the customer and help uh, leadership know how well is the team following process and methodology? Where do they need coaching? Where do they need help in their growth and development as a seller? It goes beyond that as well. We ingest emails uh, in addition to calls and meetings to try and provide this 360 degree view of what really is the most valuable data set a company could have that previously was unavailable. What is actually going on in the conversations happening between your customer and your team? And how do you leverage that to build better relationships? I I love that. And I love the position you are in, probably not only creating content, marketing to sales professionals, but then working internally and getting a ton of feedback from your own sales team. I would imagine um, that's a pretty uh, exciting experience for a B2B marketer. I think it is, but you know, you kind of teed it up earlier in the conversation. I think that it's imperative that marketing has a great relationship sales. I don't want to work somewhere where I don't have a good partnership with my sales counterpart. I think that marketers that don't focus on that are getting it wrong. I always have a good relationship on that side because my sales counterpart knows that I actually care about driving results. They take on a ton of risk in their jobs, in their compensation to be able to have the opportunity to work with customers to solve these problems. And yes, they have great upside in doing so, but they are taking on a lot of risk. And so they want partners that know that they're there to make it happen. And I don't, you know, I don't like I care, but I'm not here to do what I like or what I think works. I'm here to serve the customer make the sales team successful. Every sales rep in our company knows that I care about helping them win. And I would challenge anybody to ask any single person on our revenue team, whether or not they believe it. And I guarantee you they do. I love it. And I, I'm of the mindset. Yes, it is customer first, but us as marketers, ultimately we are here to help support the sales team to drive revenue, drive results. So I'm curious, we're going to get to building the team because I'm curious on content and how content fit into that in the early stages of that. 
but now we're on this topic of sales alignment. What, what types of things have you done in the past to earn trust with your sales counterpart? Because I think it's easy for a lot of sales people to look at marketing and say, oh yeah, that's marketing. They do a bunch of fluffy stuff and cute stuff. And, you know, I don't really need that, but, you know, we know as marketers, you know, there is a strategic, strategic alignment with our, with the sales professional really drives results. And that's where the magic happens. So I'm curious, what, what types of things have you done in the past at course, or it could be any other examples to kind of build trust up front with the, your sales counterpart? I mean, there's a few things. One, I, I'm just, I'm probably one of the biggest cheerleaders in the company for the sales team every time they win business. I'm in on that win Slack channel and I'm celebrating their success. They they know that I care. But, you know, what's probably more important is, you know, we've gone through a process together to align on what the buyer's journey looks like. What do they need to know to be able to enter our funnel, convert down our funnel and ultimately get to a place where they select chorus as the right solution for them? And then how do I set up my team to arm them at every stage with the materials that they need, whether it's the things that we're doing on the website to tell the story and and help people research down to the collateral and sales decks and all the things that they need during the sales process, going out and building the case studies that they need to convince prospects that they're they're working with a company that's going to serve their needs. If you're not aligned on the buyer's journey, you're you're setting yourself up for problems. On top of that, I make it my business to know what's going on in our deals, where we're winning and losing, where I can help. And you know, I better because I work at a company where I have full access to every conversation that's going on with the customer. I use that both to learn the customer's voice I use it to go and validate if we're bringing good pipeline. And if that pipeline's converting, I can go and listen to those initial conversations, know how the prospect heard about us, why they took the call, what convincing they still need. And, And then I can line up resources on my side so that the next time the sales team runs into that, they can, they can handle it better. I love that. And you're such a customer-centric marketer. I can tell that through each of our interactions so far, which I love. And I think just for all marketers out there in this day and age, you almost have to be. You have this the, the benefit of having this like super tool. You're not only working to promote, but you have access to it to gain insights from your uh, the people your sales team's meeting with every day. I'm curious... Has there ever been a time that you've kind of tuned in or listened in one of those calls and you had like a, a breakthrough moment that is maybe changed the, an idea, a campaign, anything from a, from a course marketing perspective that some customer said on a call that kind of was an aha moment for you? For sure. I mean, there's been a few things like, you know, there was a, there was a customer that was wanting to know how marketing could use chorus. And that turned into a blog post that was around 10 uses or 10 ways that marketing could get value out of chorus. We're constantly getting requests from customers around, you know, best practices content. Are there insights you can share? What do you think I should do with this data? And so, you know, for example, before we actually had benchmarks built into the product, 
hearing that customers were asking about how they could benchmark their team, product cycles can take a while. And so we decided to go and solve that on the marketing front first. And so we worked with our research team to mine millions of calls to look for insights. And we turned that into an interactive content piece where people could go through and answer questions about what their ACV is, ACV is, what their sales cycle looks like, how many reps they have on their team. There was just a few questions and then we spit out a custom report for them. And that was good for both our customers and for prospects looking for ways that they can up their game, which is happens to be really important for my buyer, their sales teams. They're looking for a competitive edge anywhere that they can get it. And so that was a that was a cool one. I love that. It's always fun to do something like that that serves a dual purpose. Uh, I got to ask, was that piece done in-house or did you have like an agency to help support that interactive deliverable? So all of the all of the insights and the writing and all of that stuff was done in-house. And then we worked with a, an agency that built a microsite that then it was super cool because you would put the info in and then it would spit out a custom Google slide deck for each person that went through it. I wish I knew how to build that, but I, I don't. So we found somebody that could. We've since kind of evolved how we're showing data and insights like that. And so now we're more showing trends and we've got that ungated on our website. Um, things like how often are the C-suite involved in your deals? How many meetings does it take to win a deal? And how has that changed since the pandemic happened? So we're, we're, we've got a bit of a different approach to it now, but it was, it was pretty groundbreaking. We actually like won an industry award for it and, and that kind of stuff, which, you know, not only did it serve a great purpose for the business, but it also really, you know, lifted up the team feeling like they were doing something innovative and different. And, you know, we even had a competitor that was constantly referencing our data. I mean, that's that's a pretty big compliment. That's the best. Uh, I love that so much. I might have to ask offline for, for some uh, recommendations on uh, vendors that you've had success with. Maybe let's let's go back to you starting off at Chorus. We've we've covered the sales relationship. I, I I'm going to ask these questions because I want to learn from you because I'm in a similar position. I actually was fortunate where I started with another marketer, Elena, who's our growth marketer. But it's just the two of us, and you know, there's a lot of work to do, and we're trying to figure it out. You joined Chorus as the only marketer. Talk to me about just entering day one. What are the types of things that you were doing. I would love to know how content was involved and uh, maybe let's start there. Yeah. Well, so I was almost the only marketer. I had a product marketer that was hired and started three weeks before I did. So essentially we started together, which was, it was great to not be the one and only, but I would say that, you know, one of the things that I think is really important as a leader is to know what your superpowers are and to know what your kryptonite is, and then to build a team around you to complement your skills. And hopefully you're, you're hiring people that are smarter than you are in the areas that you need help. And so, you know, as you know, when you get to being a VP of marketing or a CMO, typically people come from a background in demand gen, a background in product marketing, or a background in like comms and brand. 
And for me, my superpower was product marketing and some on the comms and brand side. My kryptonite, I wouldn't say it's kryptonite, but you know, my the place where I'm weaker is on the demand gen side. I really understand strategy. I understand what's needed to help a prospect convert down the funnel, content being a big part of that. I'm not a practitioner. I'm not somebody that's going to be able to go in and set up complex Marketo campaigns and you know, build the most amazing dashboards. I need help with that. And so you know, the first priority that I had was going out and finding great demand gen talent to come and complement my own skills. And I think feeling like you have to be an expert at everything is a trap. It's actually, you're, you're much more powerful if, if you are self-aware enough to know where you need help and then therefore can place your bets in making sure that you end up with a well-rounded team. So the first two hires that I made we're a director of demand gen and uh, a demand gen marketing manager so that, you know, one could be more operational and really get the system set up and figure out how everything should run. And the other was focused on our paid programs and more of the creative side and really thinking about how we inject content into all of that. And of course, I had my product marketer who was able to help with building content. We knew that content was key for us to be able to succeed in that regard. But those those had to be the first people that I hired. And then after we got things going, then we started filling out the team. I hired someone to come and focus on uh, content marketing. I hired somebody to focus on customer marketing. I hired somebody to focus on events and field marketing. And we, you know, have slowly built out the team to where, you know, we're going to be a team by the end of this year of 17. And we have centers of excellence, uh, one on demand gen, one on product and customer marketing, and, and another on marketing communications and brand. I think it's kind of the sweet spot. Like, I really love where we are because we can have these centers of excellence while still having a very tight-knit team that's not going to be too siloed. We're all really going to work in a close knit way. And it's a, it's an exciting time. I love that. I think I heard you say last time, which you just played it back to me in more words or less strong marketing leaders don't have all the answers, which I yes. love because I believe that like you can't, you got to be a little vulnerable. You can't act like you're an expert in every discipline. That's why you bring in smart people and those smart people give you insights and help, help direct you as you're kind of moving the company forward from a marketing perspective. How do you see, you said, you know, there's two marketers, you said at the end of the year, now 17, you've got these kind of centers of excellence. How do you see your role today? Like, what are your main priorities with knowing that you've got a lot of smart people on your team that are pushing these initiatives along? What are you spending a lot of your time doing? Um, I think that it's my job to bring out the best in the people that I've hired and set them up to do their best work. That means that I need to set good direction, working with my leaders on strategy. I need to remove roadblocks. I need to highlight their wins and make their contributions known. And I tell my team often that they're allowed to delegate up to me when they need help. There's no ivory towers. We can't afford that in in a startup. And so, you know, like I just had somebody new join the team this week and he's great. And he's trying to already jump in and do a lot of stuff. And I'm like, 
you need to take some time to build your plan and build your strategy. Don't feel like you have to do everything. Give some things to me to do. Let me help. I can. One thing I I wanted to say too, based on something that you just said is, you know, not only is knowing what you're good at and where you need help, not only is that good for making sure that you build the right team and bring the right people, it's, I also feel like it's really important for having a retained and engaged team. Like when I think back to when I was coming up, I had, you know, I had leaders or managers that I worked for that thought that they needed to know everything. And what happened in that environment was that meant that I did what they said. I also had leaders and like, I'm thinking to one in particular, super wickedly smart guy worked in a think tank, you know, came and worked with us at Intuit. And, you know, he's just, he's amazing. One of the things that I remember so clearly is that like, I was a marketing manager on his team at the time, but he would say things to me like, Hey, I'm working on this problem. You're really smart. Could you come and look at it and tell me what you think? Do you think I'm on the right track? He was humble and he made me feel valued. He made me feel like I had something to offer and that fueled my fire. I would walk over hot coals for him any day of the week. I would work until any hour it took to deliver what he needed. And I think that knowing where you're strong and where you need help has many benefits that that leaders should remember. I love that. Uh, Take note, any marketing leaders or aspiring marketing leaders, that is a perfect way to get people on your team to work hard and feel wanted. I love that story so much. Uh, Maybe we can close out here. I'd love to maybe get your perspective on just uh, your view of just like content in the B2B marketing space, content consumption experiences. I think a lot of people, when they think about B2B marketing, they think about all the hoops that they have to jump through in order to find something of value and consume it and read it and not worry about someone like, you know, trying to call them a a thousand times or actually getting through the hoops and then they get the piece of content and it's actually not very helpful. I'm curious just as, you know, the B2B marketing landscape is changing quite rapidly, how Chorus is thinking about content and the experiences that you're delivering to uh, the market. I think that content is often talked about as the currency for demand gen. It's the reason why people will give up their contact info if you have something valuable to offer to them. And that's true. But I do think that it's more than that. Content is your opportunity to captivate your audience, whether it's your customers or your prospects. It's delivering value. It's showcasing who you are as a company, what your brand is all about, sharing your narrative, um, and building a relationship with the customer. Like if you turn out a bunch of content and it's all garbage, like the prospect's going to be mad and they're probably not going to want to continue to engage with you. So if you're not actually building something of value, if you're only really focused on your own metrics or how many leads you can get or, you know, solving the SEO game or whatever it is, like all of those things are important, but you have to start with, is the customer going to get value out of it or aren't they? I think that um, the other thing that's just critically important is making sure that when you think about 
what the buyer's journey is. Are you covering every stage of the journey all the way from top of the funnel through to loyalty? It doesn't stop just when you hand off a lead to the sales team. Um, and then, you know, I, I do think that we're in this interesting time. You know, I would be lying if I said that I don't have gated content. I, I do today. Um, I think that where we're going as an industry is thinking about how we create that better, more frictionless journey to build that relationship with the customer. And, you know, one of the things I'm really interested in to see how it evolves is like, we just bought Sixth Sense and we're going through the implementation process. And like one of the things that Latin Conan is, you know, very passionate about is get rid of the forms. If you're using Sixth Sense, you should know who's actually, you know, consuming your content. And so, you know, you're, you're going through a process of qualifying the account and knowing when the account is qualified and then, and then letting the sales team work it. And so that may be part of our journey in the short term. It's a little uncomfortable, but if it's better for the customer, that may be the right thing to go and do. And so it's, a, it's an open topic of conversation. I love it. And so it hasn't, it will have gone out by the time this episode goes live, but I talk with Nicole, who's the content director at Sixth Sense. And I was just curious about Latney, the messages she delivers to their team, how they're operating. And it's awesome to hear you talk about it too. Um, there's a lot of awesome, amazing, progressive thought in B2B marketing right now. And it seems like as me, as someone who's talking to marketers every day, it's all, all coming together. Before I let you go, is there anything that the audience should know about from a, a course perspective, anything you, you all are working on that you want to promote? Oh, well, I hadn't planned on that, but thanks for the opportunity. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess the thing that I'm really excited about right now is that we are building this amazing experience for teams to, to get a visual understanding of the customer relationship right within Salesforce. And so inside of Salesforce, you'll be able to see the total journey, what all the interactions are, be able to search for anything inside of Salesforce, see the transcript, see the, the themes of what's coming on, you know, up in those conversations. And it's beautiful and it's so impactful and we're just so excited about it. That is awesome. Everybody go check out what Chorus is doing. Natalie, awesome conversation. Hopefully, if you're out there, you're a marketing leader aspiring to be a marketing leader, thoughts on content, thoughts on alignment with your sales team. Hopefully, you got something out of this episode. We'll have to have you back on uh, sometime later in the year. Thanks so much for the perspective, Natalie. Thanks, Brett. It was my pleasure. I absolutely love talking about marketing and sales alignment. That was how I came up in B2B marketing. Near and dear to my heart. So many good insights and nuggets. Go check out what the Chorus team is doing. Awesome stuff over there. If you like what we're doing, hit that subscribe button. Leave a review if you think I'm doing a good job. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. And we'll be back next week with a couple new shows just for you.